friends, welcome to the Sunday Sermon segment of We Need God. Please listen as Father Carrozza offers his homily for today, which was recorded live in St. Anne's Parish. The greatest of all Jesus' miracles, shy of his own resurrection, was raising Lazarus from the dead. Here was a miracle nobody could deny. We've seen how his enemies tried to deny and excuse away every other miracle that he performed. But this was one they could not do that. Lazarus was clearly dead. And Bethany was only two miles from Jerusalem. Many people had been there, witnessed the burial, witnessed the fact that Lazarus was in the tomb. And if somehow they had accidentally buried him when he wasn't really dead yet, four days in the tomb with those cloths over his head, he would have been dead. So there's no doubt about it. Lazarus was dead and in the tomb. And Jesus came and raised him from the dead. Now they couldn't blame it on anything else. One of the things that the chief priest had said was that it was by the power of the devil that he works, that he cast out demons, that he did things well. The devil has no authority to raise the dead. So they could not claim that Jesus rose, uh, raised Lazarus from the dead by the power of the devil. Only God has that authority. Why would the devil raise somebody from the dead? That would be to give back to God somebody he had already claimed. No, of course not. It was absolutely clear that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead and that the power of God was working for him. For they knew very well, only God has the power to raise the dead. And when they saw this, many of the people who were sitting on the fence and not quite sure whether or not to believe in Jesus, now they had to. This man proved himself. What more signs do we need? People have been asking him over and over again, show us some sign that you come from God. Well, this was the sign of all signs, that he raised Lazarus from the dead. And many people we hear came to believe in Jesus when they saw what he did. This man has to be the one he says he is. He has proved himself and all of his credentials are laid open for everyone to see. And his enemies, when they saw that, and they couldn't excuse it away, they couldn't refute it, their blindness was now complete, and they decided, this Jesus is too dangerous. We've got to get rid of him and get rid of him now, because more and more people are believing in him. And if we don't do something now, we're going to be stuck with him. And as, the, as one of the chief priests had said later, otherwise the whole world will go on believing in him. And so they plotted his death, and ultimately we discovered later that they were even trying to kill Lazarus because people were coming afterwards and seeing Lazarus alive again after he had been buried, and people were believing in Jesus because of Lazarus. So now their stubbornness and their blindness has led them even to commit grave mortal sins, murdering innocent people, demanding Jesus' death because he did not fit their description of how they expected God to work. And of course, that's what we're going to see next Sunday, Passion Sunday, and during Holy Week, what Jesus did through that. However, one of the things we will remember is that Jesus could have walked away from his passion anytime he wanted to. We see over and over again how he says to the apostles, do you not think I could not call upon the Father and he would immediately send me 3,000 legions of angels to, to defend me? But then how would God's word be fulfilled? That he willingly went through this death that he did. And the raising of Lazarus from the, dead, from the dead was basically to strengthen the people when Jesus was now going to be crucified in Jerusalem to let them know, get used to this idea of resurrection because you're going to see it again. 
So when the apostles told the people, we saw Jesus risen, they would have some reason to believe. Well, he raised Lazarus from the dead, so why could he not raise himself from the dead? So it was a concept they were not to lose. Resurrection. Get used to it. You're going to see it again. And that's a message for us too. But far more than just remembering on Easter Sunday that we're going to remember that Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, but it's an even more important lesson for us. Get used to resurrection because you're going to see it, each and every one of us. Of course, because of original sin, death came into the world, and death was the entrance to hell. Death was the entrance to condemnation, and there was nothing you and I could do about it. No matter how much we wanted to, no matter how good we tried to be, only God could save us from that. And so, God himself took on flesh to suffer, die, and rise from the dead to restore the right order to things, that when death takes place now, it's no longer the entrance into condemnation, but the entrance to salvation, that our souls now are saved in the Lord. And so you and I also will rise from the dead. You notice when somebody passes away that we don't just discard their body and throw it out and say, well, we don't need that anymore. I think sometimes we forget. We talk a lot about the person's soul now going on to God and being in the loving embrace of Christ. And that's very true. But if you notice, we have special laws. We have rituals about the proper burial of a dead body. We bring the person into church. We repeat their baptismal um, practices. We you know, uh, sprinkle them with holy water, clothe them with a white garment, call them by name, give them a candle lit from the Paschal candle. We incense the body. And when the funeral is finished, we take them to the cemetery and bury them with prayers and great respect because we know that body is destined to rise again. And that's even why we have the rules we do when cremation takes place. For the longest time, the church did not commit, permit cremation. But now, when situations have changed, originally cremation was being done to deny the resurrection, figuring that there was no body that could rise from the dead, so somehow they think that God couldn't raise the dead from some ashes. Well, basically cremation is just speeding up what's going to happen in the normal course of time anyway, and God can raise anyone from the dead, no matter whether or not there's anything left yet. But now that we, we do permit cremation, however, we say very carefully that the cremated remains must be treated the same way we would treat somebody's body. We must place it in a grave or a columbarium. We can't just keep it on a mantle or scatter them somewhere or divide it up into jewelry, you know, turn grandma into a talisman or a good luck charm or anything like that. No, our bodies are sacred. The day we were baptized, we were baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. In receiving Holy Communion, our body became part of Jesus' body. So that just as Jesus' body could not remain in death, but rose from the dead on the third day, all of us are destined to rise from the dead, because no part of Christ's body can remain in death. And on the last day, when Jesus returns in glory, our bodies and our souls will be reunited. Our soul having already been perfected and living in the loving grace of God, but now even our bodies will be raised and perfected, and we will live a perfect soul in a perfect body in the new creation for all of eternity. Absolute bliss. The total uh, re reward of God. That everything, all the evil power of the devil will be completely destroyed, and finally we will have the kingdom and the fullness of glory that God meant us to have before original sin came into the world, and then actually even more so. 
because we say that the new creation will be even more joyful, more glorious than the Garden of Eden ever was. We will have the total victory in Christ. So get used to the idea of resurrection because you're going to see it again in your loved ones and also ourselves, each and every one of us. And so our five catechumens who are preparing just under two weeks now to be baptized, what are you getting by your baptism? The promise of eternal life in Christ. You will be baptized in Him, in His death and resurrection, grafted onto Him. In the Eucharist, when you come to take His body and blood as food for the very first time, your body will now be made of the flesh of Christ. You will be one with Him, and you will be destined to rise on the last day. Yes, at some point in the existence of this world, each and every one of us will pass away. We will die, but that body that our family and friends will respect and bury with a lot of prayers will rise again. That's what you are inherited. So, in those waters of, of baptism, you will come to know the absolute promise of the victory over all evil in the world. Because your death then will be the entrance of your soul to eternal life, waiting for that last day when Jesus returns in glory. And when we truly think of that, boy, doesn't that just take the sting right out of death? St. Paul wrote, grave, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? What do we worry about, about death anymore? When we understand that, we realize that the death of this body is the entrance of our soul to heaven. And that we follow in the footsteps of the Lord completely. That even as he rose from the dead on the third day, we will rise from the dead. Not back to this life, as poor Lazarus had to do. As wonderful as Lazarus' resurrection was, he came back into this world and had to die again. But you and I will never have to die again. We will be perfected. And so, death becomes no longer the grim reaper, that horrible thing that looks like it's going to steal everything of importance to us, but rather the one welcoming us into eternal life. I love to think of the TV show Touched by an Angel and Andrew, the angel of death, who was the welcoming presence bringing people to the fullness of glory in the Lord. And so we discover, as many of the great saints understood, certainly the apostles, that when we die faithful to the Lord in His graces, the, our death here on earth is our birth, our rebirth to eternal life. In fact, the ancient Christians did not use the word death in talking about death. They called it the dies natalis in Latin, the birthday, the birthday of the soul to eternal life, to the place where our souls truly and really belong. And so, my dear friends who are to be baptized at the Easter Vigil, prepare yourselves all the more during these days to realize what it is that you are inheriting in the waters of baptism. You are doing nothing less than receiving the promise of eternal life with Christ. As long as you remain faithful to him, to him and follow everything he teaches you throughout your life. And so we will be praying with you as you go through these final days of preparation that you will be ready to understand the beautiful gift of eternal life in Christ and that you will understand to get ready or get used to the idea of resurrection because you're going to see it again. May Jesus Christ be praised. Amen. And now I ask our, four, our five catechumens to come forward with their sponsors for the final uh, scrutiny and our candidates for full communion to come and join them as well. Thank you for listening to this week's homily by Father Carosa. If you enjoyed this homily, please pass the word on to your friends and invite them to listen. For more materials from Father Carosa, please visit www.fathercarosa.com.